2: Go behind the scenes and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: This episode of Stuff That I Want You to Know is brought to you by
2: Alienware.
1: During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech.
2: New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional
0: audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream
1: setup with great deals on select game Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Our colleague Noel is on an adventure, but we will be returning
2: shortly. They called me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Tonight's episode is a continuation of an excellent story you discovered, Matt. A terrifying story that takes us to San Francisco. Now, we, we and our fellow conspiracy realists first learned about this in a recent uh, strange news segment. San Francisco, man. Have, have you been to San Francisco?
1: I spent quite a bit of time in San Francisco, yeah, uh, for the old Zodiac show.
2: Mm, that's right. That's right. And do check out uh, do check out Monster Zodiac. Uh, I think it's some of the best reporting on that uh, on that terrible, terrible case. It, so what did you see? Did you see the uh, contrast of San Francisco as a society when you were there?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I'm an outsider. I don't live there every day. What I saw was incredible wealth on display in a lot of areas of the city and a perhaps intense number of unhoused human beings that were living like amongst all of that splendor. That's what I saw. You go outside the city just a little ways and some of the same problems exist, but uh, they're not nearly as, I guess, in your face as the kind of inequality that exists there.
2: Like Oakland, Richmond, the various Bay Area suburbs. Yeah, man, nailed it. I've spent some time there as well, also due to work-related things. Uh, there are world changing tech empires in San Francisco, tons of multimillionaires, and just astonishing inequality. It's, you know, I, I heard um, someone who was not from the US describe San Francisco as the most American of American cities. Because usually when we hear about San Francisco in the news, we hear about drugs and housing problems. We hear about these crazy tech startups. Or, of course, we hear about the crushing price of real estate, which is still an accelerating, exacerbating, dare I say, metastasizing trend. And all of these things are real problems. But there's another issue that hasn't gotten near as much attention. And that's what we talked about in our previous Strange News segment. According to the critics, there is, as we speak this evening, a real, genuine conspiracy afoot in San Francisco, and the conspirator is none other than the United States Navy. Here are the facts. Uh, Matt, <laughs> Hunter's Point. Hunter's Point.
1: Uh, yeah, what more can you say? No, uh, it's <laughs> Hunter's Point is one of the areas in San Francisco's like the Bay Area, as they call it, uh, that is, it is literally on the Bay. It is, I don't know, an out, an, 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 what would you call it? An outcropping of land. <laughs> it's a part right, of an, right. uh, yeah, it's, um, it's an outcropping of land that was used for a long time for a lot of different purposes. But right now, as we're talking about it, there are human beings living on it. There are human beings working on it. And, uh, but my goodness, people have been there for ages, hundreds and hundreds of years.
2: Oh yeah, and and San Francisco itself is an outcropping of land, which mm-hmm. is part of the reason they're having such a tough time with real estate, um, with having a place to live. If you look at um, if you look at a map, you know, pull up your favorite Big Brother, which will be Google Maps, then you'll see that it is on the eastern side. Hunter's Point, and it is sort of sheltered from the ocean, but it is still navigable for large ships. This would come to be very important. Now, for thousands of years before Spanish missionaries arrived in the 1700s, this was home to native peoples, uh, the yelamahu and the Rametush. We're not native speakers, please forgive our pronunciation. And shortly after the arrival of the the Spanish empire, uh, the district became a hotbed of development and that transformed into industrial development. As we know, geography steers most human endeavors. And this is, this is the perfect place to build ships. You are somewhat sheltered from the Pacific ocean proper, uh, and you can still sail your ship at the time out into the ocean. And from there, You can go wherever you wish. Uh, So it's no surprise that in 1870, Hunter's Point became home to a commercial shipyard. And for a while, I didn't know this. For a while, it was known as the world's greatest shipping yard. Even uh, Teddy Roosevelt was a fan.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that either uh, prior to this episode. Congratulations, Hunter's Point. Uh, let's, Let's go ahead and point out, Ben, as you did in the outline here. There is no apostrophe in Hunter's. It is hunter's plural point. It's a weird
2: one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a weird one. That's one that kept us going back to different sources and saying, all right, well, let's just double check that part. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah, If we fast forward even further to 1940, just one year before uh, Imperial Japanese forces attack uh, the U.S. at Pearl Harbor, the U.S. Navy purchases the shipyard, the entire thing at Hunter's Point. This is, as as you had pointed out, Matt, this is a lot of land. If you were a San Francisco real estate developer, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing, then the idea of owning 866 acres of land there, right? You've won Monopoly.
1: Man, that's like... That's at least a billion dollars, uh, like, <laughs> like well, a long time ago. Wow. Yeah, 866 acres of land. That's beautiful. And the Navy ran shop there from 1941 until 1974. It was the San Francisco Naval Shipyard.
2: Mm-hmm. And then in 74... It was deactivated. It had yet another name change, and we're giving you just a broad overview mm-hmm. here, folks. Uh, it had it was changed to Hunters Point Naval Shipyard, and then it was a commercial shipyard again until about 1986.
1: Yep. Then, uh, then the Navy took it back. <laughs> Because they were like, you know what? That was actually pretty cool. It's been 12 years. I think we'd like it back, please. Or there's no please, probably. But they took it back, and they made it the home of a thing called the USS Missouri Battle Group, which, you know, it's the fighting Missouris. Well, that's exciting. Um, And, like, as we're going through this, as Ben said, this is the, you know, we're painting with a broad brush here at the beginning just to give you an idea of the timeline. But uh, a lot happened from 1941 To 1974 to
2: 1986. A lot of it happened in secret. And Mm -hmm. the American public overall was unaware. Uh, The international public had no idea. And sadly, throughout these decades that you just mentioned, Matt, locals started having some suspicions and concerns that were absolutely ignored. Uh, in 1991, the base gets closed as, uh, or they decide to close the base as part of a larger budgetary effort. And we'll see why. Uh, operations spun down, and the whole thing was shut down completely in 1994. Urban Decay
1: sets in. Yeah, Urban Decay sets in. And just the reasoning there, its you've put in the outline here, Ben, it was that it was... The base itself was redundant. We don't need this, really, because there are a ton of naval naval shipyards and bases along that whole area there, the Bay Area. I mean, if you think about Mare Island, which is up a little bit further north um, near Vallejo, it's huge. And it was operating for a long time, ton of ships going in and out of there, a ton of naval uh, personnel moving in and out of that area.
2: Yeah, And in both Mare Island and in Hunter's Point, what we're establishing is that a lot of history went down in these places. Some of it was very ugly, and a lot of it remains stuff they don't want you to know. Parts of the first atomic bombs were loaded up here, fissile material for them, so like bullets for the guns. And... From the end of World War II all the way up to 1969. Nice. I'm like 10 years old. Anyway, up to 1969, Hunters Point was home to an immensely important and immensely dangerous operation known as the Naval Radiological Defense Laboratory. At the time, this was the military's largest nuclear research facility. They were doing crazy Oppenheimer level stuff in one room, and then they were eating sandwiches for lunch next door. Wow. A
1: weird connection. 1969's right around the time when the Zodiac killings stopped. So they ended while the Naval Radiological Defense Laboratory was winding down. Huh? Maybe somebody left for a job somewhere else. Huh? Maybe? Okay. We can't (laughs) prove it.
2: That's not true. (laughs) We can't prove it's not true. Uh no zodiac is though honestly i don't wanna I don't wanna put you on the spot, but I think it is a kick ass show, and I'm really glad it's out there
1: well, i'm just I'm just interested in who the heck this person was. Come on, let's
2: find him or is mm. uh, so there are decades of nuclear testing in this place, and again, this is San Francisco metro area at this point, so think of your town wherever you live, and odds are. Statistically speaking, you live in a coturbation or a metro area of some sort. But uh, if you live in a very small town, it gets even creepier. Imagine if somewhere out there on the outskirts of your town where all the old warehouses and all the all the dilapidated barbed wire is. There's a secret basement where people are conducting experiments, experiments. with radioactive consequences. There are decades of nuclear testing that occur here. Uh, There was a thing called Operation Crossroads uh, that resulted in Hunter's Point becoming a site for decontamination of ships that have been used in nuclear testing abroad. So like our Marshall Islands, Pacific Ocean experiments, which absolutely devastated things for people who live in those areas – They would come back. They would get washed up and cleaned here.
1: Yeah, we're talking sandblasting, like a huge ship that went through nuclear weapon testing, right? Got irradiated, got parked back at this place. And then a whole huge team of people sandblasted the exterior of that ship and the surfaces of that ship. And guess where all that waste went? Oh, gosh, where? (laughs) into the water, into the sewer system that's there. And it wasn't just that. There was also the radioluminescent uh, paint that was used on all of those ships to Mm -hmm. just let you know what things are on the ship and where to go, where to walk and passageways when it's, let's say you've got to turn all the lights off for one strategic reason or another. Um, Like all of that stuff, when it gets washed off or sandblasted, it all
2: goes into the same systems right there. Just sloopy doop down the drain, consequences be damned. Uh sloopy yeah, doop. Sloopy doop. And that's uh that's obviously um that is a specific term in nuclear research. Uh so let uh, sloopy doop. Uh any nuclear scientist will clearly understand the consequences of that. Uh in short, just like in Pet Cemetery, as Stephen King wrote, the soil was sour. And The Guardian had a great article uh, that we wanted to shout out. This is some of the best, I guess, international coverage you can see on this. Tom Perkins from June of 2023, a couple months ago as we record this evening. Tom points out that this shipyard didn't just clean contaminated ships. They didn't just violate what would later be the standards for nuclear disposal they also injected animals with strontium 90 a very specific and dangerous substance uh that does something super nasty they call it like the bone seeker it will replace the calcium in organisms and it is a hundred percent carcinogenic it is not it's not something where you like play the odds, like drinking too much or smoking cigarettes, this will kill you slowly and painfully. And
1: as James Dahlgren puts it, who is a specialist in environmental toxicology, uh, Mm -hmm. he says, once it gets in the bone, it stays there. Then it turns over slowly and it just continues to give off radioactivity.
2: And James is going to make an appearance later in the show as well because he's got some stuff to say. We, I, I think you and I both have immense respect for him. Uh, Strontium-90 was also used to create that glow-in-the-dark paint that you mentioned, Matt, and it probably washed off on ships that were testing bombs in the Pacific. In short, this is bad, bad. It doesn't look great. Hunter's Point is currently ground zero. Get it? Uh, for some widespread remediation projects, and Matt, it's not just strontium ninety, right? There's a there there are a couple of other pretty bad customers in the mix oh, yeah. here.
1: There are particular versions of cesium and radium, uh, cesium one thirty seven and radium two twenty six, also not great. And again, this is just. This is stuff that you deal with, not just because of the ships, right? Not just because of the nuclear testing, but because of the power generation that occurred in that area.
2: Yeah, and as of just a few years ago, on August of 2020, so just about three years ago now, the site is still being, quote unquote, cleaned up. The Navy, in fact, has split the property into multiple sections or parcels, would be their preferred term. Uh, and they're right now, they have, well, they're going piece by piece, you could say, but what they're really doing is they're contracting out the work and arguably passing the buck along to some private industry actors who are going step by step, piece by piece, parcel by parcel. And Conducting what are called remediation efforts, which means cleaning out the cesium 137, getting rid of the radium 226 and the strontium 90. And then they're declaring this stuff clean. And they've got a huge ticking clock on them because the Navy doesn't want to be in charge of this land anymore. And because San Francisco is in the midst of an ongoing, cartoonishly bad housing crisis, the city itself, wants this land remediated such that they can make tons of new housing developments and billions of dollars for all sorts of stakeholders. But Matt, like, you know, as you and I were talking about off air problem is these parcels aren't all created equally. Pollution doesn't have an ideological boundary. It doesn't practice socioeconomic red lines.
1: No, no, it doesn't. Um, I I was looking at, just the picture of the different parcels. You can find it online if you want to look it up. You can search for Hunter's Point Naval Shipyard Parcel Map, and that's P-A-R-C-E-L, by the way. Uh, but basically you can see, gosh, I, I don't know exactly when this one was created. I think it was around 2020, this map, particular one that I'm looking at. But uh, it it's highlighting parcel A, which is two little separate pieces of the area that are already basically being used. Um, and, you know, have people living and working and doing all kinds of things on them. Then if you go north, like to the tip north, that's parcel B, and then it kind of goes, wraps around C, D, E, and then right in the center of all of that, right at the center of the area is parcel G, and that's one that we're going to focus on uh, a little bit because we've got some reporting out of that one specifically.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this all just the, here are the facts portion of the show, folks. We got to tell you, some of these land parcels, shout out parcel G, appear to have much more contamination than others, depending on who you ask. Because some people will tell you that uh, everything is peachy keen. If you listen to official Navy sources, things are five by five. We're moving right along. However, if you listen to pretty much any source other than the U.S. Navy, including other government agencies, then you will see strong indications that there is a cover-up afoot, one spanning generations, and lives may be on the line. What are we talking about? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsors.
3: Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic
2: Here's where it gets crazy. Okay, man, you know, Matt, you and I have talked about this offline a little bit. The U.S. Navy is being represented by the Department of Justice in no less than 12 completely different lawsuits all about Hunter's Point. Yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) it's not great. I mean, anytime you try and repurpose a piece of land like this, it's, it's going to get hairy, right? You can welcome to
2: Chernobyl Hills.
1: Yeah. You can either put up all the money and time and effort at the very beginning when, you know, when the Navy was thinking about changing the use of this land and clean that thing like crazy, or you're going to have to clean it over time and deal with this kind of stuff. But I would argue, even if your intention was to fully clean that place, Roto-Rooter the thing, I don't think you would be able to get it up to standards that you would need to in a sh- in the short amount of time, basically, that this place has been pressed, maybe politically, to get ready for residential use and those kinds of things.
2: Yeah, man, I appreciate you saying that. I, I think we're on the same page, because how no one likes to admit it, but some things cannot be cleaned. In some cases, the only thing that will... Bring a uh, a piece of land back to a livable state is time, and it can take quite a lot of time. That's why so many incredibly intelligent scientists have been hired by various governments to figure out how to warn people about nuclear waste sites thousands of years in the future. This is not something you can pressure wash you know, and that's that's an unfortunate reality. And the problem with unfortunate realities is it's politically convenient to ignore them. Let's also not ignore the thousands of people that have been living in the larger neighborhood for quite some time. You know, redevelopment, we'll get to that in a second, but what you need to know if you're not familiar with San Francisco and the, the conspiracy here is that redevelopment projects for this neighborhood started in the late. Or started, excuse me, in the 1990s and again in the 2000s and then again in the 2010s. And in each iteration of this cycle, there was somebody coming in cowboy style and saying, We're going to clean this up. We're going to make this a, a good neighborhood. You know, historically, it's been a bad neighborhood. And when they said that, they weren't talking about Strontium 90, they were doing a dog whistle. For racism, Uh, they were talking about the historically oppressed people who have been living in that neighborhood uh, since the Great Migration.
1: Well, as you're saying, Ben, the larger San Francisco resident base got a chance to vote on whether or not they wanted a full cleanup in this thing called Proposition P. It's from a vote that occurred in the year 2000. And those residents got to vote yes or no to the following. Quote, shall it be city policy to support a full cleanup by the Navy of the Hunters Point shipyard to allow unrestricted use of the entire site in the future? Eighty 80- Ooh, Ben, I hear you I hear the thunder now at your place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all we're yeah. going through a storm in two different parts of the Atlanta metro area, and it's really interesting how it's kind of gone from my area to Ben's area. <laughs>
2: Best way to record stuff they don't want you to know. Every time we record during a storm, if we can keep the power on, we Cheers. come out with something cool. <laughs> Cheers.
1: Um, so this that weird statement shall it be policy uh, to to have the Navy clean it up? Eighty six point four percent of San Francisco residents voted yes. It shall be city policy to do that. That's two hundred and forty one thousand four hundred and fifty six people. Thirteen point six voted no. It's so around thirty-eight thousand people. Um, I know it's a little weirdly worded, and it doesn't really do anything. It's not like an effective bill or anything. It's a proposition, basically, for the city to put pressure on the Navy to do what it was supposed to do and clean up the entire place.
2: Right. It's it's a statement. Uh, it's a statement depicting the will of the people. It's mm. a non-binding declaration, but it seems there is overwhelming public support so if democracy works then 86.4% is a pretty epic majority right yeah yeah i would i would say so <laughs> but uh, but you're right the the idea here is good the intentions are good let us as the people of san francisco hold uh, our federal government or military accountable let's make sure the navy does complete this cleanup because we as locals of san francisco or at least about 86% of us uh we as locals have heard the stories and we have heard for decades Complaints that cancer rates are higher here, that infant mortality is higher here in this specific neighborhood. And we can think of no other cause than this secret. This dirty, dirty stuff that's been buried for so long. And there is an unclean history here on several levels. Like we mentioned just a few minutes ago, people, largely African American people, have been living in this area ever since the Great Migration. And By the late, a lot of it actually comes from the fact that I think back in the day, in the late 1800s, San Francisco moved all their slaughterhouses out here. They couldn't be in the city limits proper. And so by the late 1960s, there were more than 50,000 people living in this neighborhood, now collectively known as Bayview Hunters Point, or often just referred to as Bayview. And by the 1980s, it had already been deemed a, a Superfund site. Um, I guess we should we should talk a little bit about what a Superfund site is. We talked about it in the past, but it's something people need to need to know if you haven't heard it yet.
1: Yeah, it's basically, again, a site, a place, a parcel of land, if you will, <laughs> that, it, that requires intense cleanup After some kind of ecological disaster, some kind of usually chemical or biologic, it's usually chemical or radioactive disaster. And the government says, hey, things need to be done with this before this land can be used for anything else. And often there are budgets associated with cleaning up Superfund sites. In fact, should we talk about this right now? Uh, There's a billion dollars, an extra cold $1 billion they got put towards Superfund site cleanup, I think uh, just in the past couple of years.
2: Yeah, that's that's why we always want to give you the real definition of Superfund because it is a cartoonishly misleading name. Superfunds sounds a lot like Superfriends. Oh, this land is great. Oh, this money is good. Uh, the money is great. Sure, the money is good, but Superfund sites and there are around 40,000 federal superfund sites in the US now. Say that they, again. How many? 40,000. 000, wow. zero, 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 0000. And they are some of the most highly contaminated, worst places for humans to live in this country Uh, and the, the worst of the worst, the creme de la creme are what are called the national priorities list or NPL sites. And there are about 1300 of those. They're all bad customers. And if you live in one, if at all possible, you should move. Okay. And we're not, we're not saying that to denigrate the people who are working, who are doing their best at these various government agencies they're just not going to be able to clean it enough in time for you to avoid the consequences. Thoughts. Yeah, the consequences, just so. And and Vice had a great article back in 2014 where they said, you know, since this became a Superfund site, since Hunter's Point maybe became a Superfund site in the 80s, the area has been, quote, plagued by generational poverty, turf violence, land-hungry developers, poisonous air and water and most frustratingly marginalization by the rest of the city so if Mm. you live there during this time you're getting attacked from all angles you're getting attacked uh, possibly by police violence you're getting attacked by land hungry developers you know sell your you want to sell your house call 1-800 boop diddy boop Uh, And sloopy dupe your your equity down the drain. Uh, And then you're also, perhaps most importantly, getting intact in an invisible way by the environment in which you
1: live. You turn on your tap and there's poison in there, or at least enough that uh, it's going to affect you and probably your children. Almost definitely your children. Um, It's not okay. Uh, Well, so as my dog attempts to climb into my lap here because of the thunder.
2: Shout out, Meta. uh, (laughs)
1: <laughs> nope, this one's Penny. What? This Penny? one's Penny. Yeah, she's. Oh my gosh, Penny. She's really nervous. Um, the big question is: all of this has been happening for years and years and years, right? Now land is so expensive, right? Just re- astronomically expensive in San Francisco. Is there any kind of reason that anybody would be trying to cover stuff up to make money? To get more budget? Like, what is it? Why would people cover up how contaminated land is? Is there
2: something going on?
1: It feels like maybe there is.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, from the perspective of longtime local activists, this area, which has been home to more than one-fifth of the city's Black population, it's an easy target for a, a lot of a lot of good old boy backroom glad handing in the name of profit. And we want to shout out public health advocates like Amisa Porter Sumchai, who claim the US Navy is knowingly conspiring to cover up dangerous, life threatening levels of radioactive waste, all to make sure these current development plans go through. Right now, the land is slated to be turned over to the city of. San Francisco as early as 2024 just next year. And then it's off to the races. It can be used for residential development and uncle Sam can say, not my problem. You guys signed off, you know, caveat emptor as it were.
1: Well, yeah. And, and also they can say, Hey, we've, we've tested this place extensively and everything's cool. And sure. that's what, that's where, that's where it gets really sticky in this this topic, because the Navy has done a ton of testing. The EPA has done some testing. Third-party groups have done some testing. And nobody's saying the same things. Nobody's got the same readings. That's a little weird.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is a little weird. Yeah, in 2021, Navy testing, or Navy finance testing, found 23 samples from the properties. These various parcels showed high levels of strontium 90. Again, a very nasty customer. The EPA raised alarm over this because, you know, it's their job. And in 2022, the Navy came back with some, beat me here, Paul, with some pretty wild. Shit. The Navy said <laughs> the EPA's testing was inaccurate. Here's some new data that we got and we verified. And what we're showing is that the levels of strontium-90 here are lower than zero. Now, Matt, I'm not a math surgeon, neither are you, but I think we can both agree less than zero sounds kind of like a dodgy number. Yeah,
1: it is dodgy. And the the math surgeons and wizards that were interviewed by NBC Bay Area uh, all said, "Ah, B.S., that's BS can't have negative strontium 90 or zero strontium 90. The stuff is naturally occurring and it will be, it will exist wherever you're testing. Just, you know, (laughs) um, it's not going to be zero. And let's also just go back really quickly because when the EPA like raised its hand and said, Hey, there's some problems here. They pointed out like something crazy, like 96% of the Hunter's point land Needed to be retested and cleaned, basically, um, mm-hmm. like there's problems everywhere in this area. And the Navy returned with, nope, zero. <laughs> well, less than.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, That's double plus good. Right <laughs> on. Uh, so, yeah, it's funny. I love that you're mentioning NBC Bay Area, which did some great reporting on this. Uh, You can tell. Let's go by decreasing levels of diplomacy. So we're going to start with another government official. EPA official said, uh, keeping this person anonymous, the CPA official sent an email to top officials in the Navy and said, "Look, our results that you guys are objecting to, they are correct, and if you say." that there is negative strontium-90 in the ground, and you can't prove it to me, then this quote reads as if the Navy is suppressing data results it doesn't like in regards to strontium-90 data, which is a very, very diplomatic way of saying I caught you guys. It certainly seems
1: as though you're lying about this. <laughs> right. um, and that is a direct quote, by the way, that reads as if the Navy is suppressing data. That is a exact quote from an email.
2: Mm. Yeah. And that was not meant to be public. That was internal. Like that, that was internal. We're on the same team. <laughs> yeah. I'm just checking in <laughs> yeah. because I would hate for there to be a cover up afoot, foot. And then, um, there, there, was a, This is where Ray Tompkins, mentioned earlier, Ray Tompkins, uh, he knows his stuff. He's a retired chemistry teacher. He's now an environmental activist, and he talked about this as well. And he was a little less diplomatic because he's saying, I live here. I taught kids who live here. They're having kids. And let me tell you, less than zero is not a number here.
1: Yeah, let's give the quote here. You've got it in the outline, Ben. Quote. To have a negative figure on their data for strontium-90, you can't have it, period. It's impossible. And he goes on to say, in any data that says that, says there's zero strontium-90, you must reject it if you have any integrity.
2: Oh, and then James Dahlgren, a doctor specializing in environmental toxicology, this guy says forget pumping the brakes i don't need to be diplomatic it straight out says among many other things inclu- including the quotation we pulled earlier i don't know why i'm pointing behind me but including the quotation we pulled earlier dahlgren says referring to this navy report he says it is false it is offensive to me scientifically and i love an offended scientist man you know what I mean? That's like that. That's <laughs> your favorite. There's, yeah, there's something noble about it. There's something noble about it. You know, like this species historically punishes scientists for telling the truth. And there's, there's a great courage to that. No, I agree. I agree. So let's continue diving in. We're going to take a word from our sponsor with great support for our fellow conspiracy realist in STEM. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about something called Parcel G.
3: Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other.
0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
1: Yeah, Parcel G is one of the parcels <laughs> of land, a, a piece of land that is specifically a bunch of buildings kind of right in the center of this place called Hunter's Point, Point. and it's 40 acres, so 40 of that 866 acres, so pretty tiny, right? little piece of it. Yeah. Um, and in 2018, the Navy decided, hey, we're going to do a, quote, comprehensive surface scan on this area. We're also going to check the other ones. We're really going to check this one out. Because the buildings that are on in this area, it it's almost like it bumps right up into where the ships would come in, if that makes sense. So it's not parcel C and D1, which are literally the shipyard, right? So where a ship would come in in the immediate area where if you unloaded anything or if you worked on that ship while it was docked. This, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a little bit further in these are buildings that look to be industrial that were used for all kinds of different things over those you know, decades that
2: this place was in use. Right. Yeah, I believe it was um, Parcel G and Parcel B in specific uh, were found to have the most unreliable testing. I think Ninety-seven percent of the test, the original test results for contaminants in parcel G were found to be unreliable, aka bullshit. Yeah, and
1: we're we're specifically for the purposes of this episode and for this testing, we're looking at the storm drains, the uh, sewer lines, the water flow, basically that's underneath the land. In these places, because we're talking about runoff, we're talking about the dumping of waste just into those sewer lines, and then the buildup of things like strontium-90 in
2: those systems. Mm. And cesium-137 is really bad if you are very concentrated. If you look at the work plan that the U.S. government itself released, which is freely available online, they found massive uh, massive traces of C-137 in manholes, like dirt and sediment around the sewers, liquid waste in the piping, in the sinks, and all, all kinds of stuff. It's riddled with it. Oh, yeah. So much so that uh, past a certain threshold, mistake or incompetence could not fully explain the results at which the Navy originally arrived. Ooh. But it wasn't the Navy. Okay, fine. We got to say that. (sighs) It it wasn't the U.S. Navy. So everybody, stop writing the death threats. Uh, It was this... The original remediation or cleanup efforts were made by a contractor named Tetra Tech. And... In the findings of these other government agencies, non-Navy, uh, it seemed that they were, again, strongly implying, let's say that, that Tetra Tech did not conduct proper due diligence. And spoiler, we'll get to it later, but the courts ultimately agreed. Tetra did have a Herculean effort. They had to scan and analyze 20,000 square meters of building surface areas just in parcel G again, and they had to take a little under 7,000 different soil samples from specific parts of the ground. And uh, when the Navy released their new plan in reaction to the complaints of the EPA and all these other government agencies, it was a tacit acknowledgement of those complaints. And they said, look, this time around, we're going to have, what do they call it? They say, we're going to have multiple layers of the Navy and multiple other regulatory agencies and multiple third-party contractors who will, this time, for realsies, for suresies, monitor daily site operations. And they conclude Again, this state their, their statement uh, in short form as well is free online. They conclude with the following sentence, which doesn't promise anything.
1: The Navy remains confident in the design of its cleanup program and is committed to the safe cleanup and transfer
2: of Hunters Point to the City of San Francisco. Oh, dope! Oh, good. That's good then. That's all right. I, but
1: it's so messed up because basically. They're just saying, hey, man, we think we're good to go, and we're, mm-hmm. we're about it. So y'all are fine. Don't worry. It's cool.
2: Yeah, bro, That's I literally feel good about this one. You yeah. know what I mean? Why are you living in the past, dog? Hold my beer. Let's do this. Jeez. <laughs> so here's the thing. As you could tell, maybe perhaps, Matt, you and I are coming off a bit uncharacteristically cynical or pessimistic.
1: Uncharacteristically?
2: Maybe, maybe a bit. <laughs> Minute.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh the thing is, people on the ground in the city of San Francisco, and in the Bay Area, they're having a little bit of trouble believing this. Uh there's there's a big sense on the ground, a um let's call it a more than 86 percentile sense that the real motivating force here isn't so much Keeping an historically marginalized community safe as it is an operation to make things look good on paper just long enough to transfer this stuff to the city of San Francisco to have that transfer go through and then put and then, you know, tie that albatross around the neck of another organization uh, like um, like a disreputable used car salesman.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not me. It's the carburetor. The carburetor <laughs> manufacturer messed up. Not, not me. I sold you a perfectly working car. <laughs>
2: My friend, I get it. But you drove off the lot three minutes ago. Mm, no,
1: I've got an idea, Ben. Before we before we go further, yeah, here's the idea. Anytime there's a military branch related Superfund site, or that site is a Superfund site because of military activity, the five highest ranking officers currently standing in whatever branch, have to move with their families to that Superfund site that has been approved and live there for one calendar year uh, Mm -hmm. with their families drinking the water, uh, playing in the playground, going to the school. And then, only then, can we say, okay, it's good to go now. Everybody else, move on in.
2: Love it. You know what? Some people will say it's not perfect, and that's fine. (laughs) It's better than what's happening now, right? Right it is it is legitimately a better solution than what seems to have happened in the past few decades and look multiple journalists are contacting the us navy and they're they're contacting any aspect of uncle sam that they can to get information on this and the us navy would not answer questions or specifically respond to what critics said about those negative, like the sub-zero Strontium findings, uh, Strontium-90. But officials have said more than once that there is no risk to public health from what has been detected to date. The problem is that's cherry-picking your data, right? That's cherry-picking your sources, which is a very, very dangerous game. Um, You know, we said that they've contracted out to this private entity, Tetra Tech, out of Pasadena. Uh, and this is not Tetra's first rodeo. Tetra it has been awarded multiple government contracts over the years to engage in the same sorts of projects. And in 2018, they had to scapegoat some people. In 2018, two of their employees got in trouble.
1: Yeah, for falsifying records. Or uh, falsi- <laughs> yeah, for falsifying data at a problem site like this. Uh, there's two people you can find writing about this online if you search their names, if you search TetraTech 2018, uh Stephen Rolfe, S T E P H E N, R O L F E, and Justin Hubbard, J U S T I N H U B B A R D. These are guys who supervised a team who are who were supposed to be doing remediation. So cleaning up, taking care of specifically radioactive materials. So radiation stuff at a super fun site. Was it at this site, Ben, or at a different site? It was this site. It was, it really was Hunter's point. They were
2: sentenced to eight months in prison for falsifying records about Hunter's point. Jeez. Yeah. Which is Ugh. why, why four people who now, let I me mean, be very honest with you. And, and Matt, I think it's safe for us to speak as a unit here. Uh if you believe a cover up is a foot, and I think we both do, then this would be considered a smoking gun. Uh what they did, what what they did is they it's like somebody trying to lie on a on a piss test for drugs. That's, ex-
1: that's exactly what it is.
2: Well, okay, Matt, how is how is it like that? I know I just made us sound like the most sleaze bag dudes ever okay've never um, we've never lied on a piss test I don't think
1: no I, I genuinely haven't but I've only taken a few uh, of those types of tests and I don't do any drugs anyway I'm such a lame dude but uh if you were going to lie on one of those what you would do is instead of giving over the sample of your contaminated urine because it's got so much THC in it uh you would instead bring in a clean pee sample and do a little switcheroo so the authorities only got the clean pee instead of your tainted <laughs> pee
2: and according to the northern district of california that's what these folks did at tetra yes. and we um we're saying that both admitted and this is on record, both admitted to switching out clean soil samples with the soil they were supposed to have been testing, all with the intent of faking the results of the cleanup. So if again, if you believe like we do, that factions of Uncle Sam are covering up the contamination here with very real and potentially fatal consequences then this is a smoking gun. These people went to jail for doing the thing that the U S Navy is denying ever happened. And if you look at NGOs that are close to the ground on this, like, uh, Jeff rush, um, who's an attorney for public employees for environmental responsibility. People have been silent on the issue. The authorities who are supposed to be doing their jobs on this just haven't the Navy's, uh, OIG, uh, Office of Inspector General, has refused to investigate, and Rush is bringing the fire too. He says, quote, it's like the Navy doesn't care what they say, and we thought it was egregious enough that the Inspector General should look at it. Without any external examination, senior Navy officials can lie to local officials and the public with impunity, knowing there will be no negative career consequences.
1: That's messed up. No personal consequences to you, the individual. And you can just say whatever you want.
2: It might be good. It might be good for your career, actually, because you show that you held the line. Uh, Yep, that's exactly what it is. Evil Uh, shit.
1: It's really bad. But let's just hammer down on that point one more time. The inspector general who should be looking at this, who's a part of the Navy, is refusing to look at it. Uh, at least that—that that is some of the latest reporting that Ben and I have seen as of the current situation right now. And often the Navy hasn't responded to some of the local reporting out of San Francisco and in, in the area when they're uh, talking about some of these things and the ongoing situations. The Navy doesn't send any kind of official response often. Not always, but not often. Um, and it certainly seems as though that Inspector General should should be doing something.
2: And also, you know, to be fair, I know not everybody loves it when we say this, but to be fair, the Navy is a huge organization. Okay. And this is not by any means saying there are a bunch of people who are villains in the Navy. We got a lot of veterans. We got a lot of active Navy, Mm -hmm. uh, Navy folks work listening to the show. And, you know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about the banality of evil systems. When it becomes, when the buck continually passes, it becomes incredibly easy and therefore incredibly dangerous to say, Hey, it's not me. This is just how things are done. You know what I mean? And that doesn't help the people on the ground. It never has throughout the span of human history. Have Pointing to a system instead of taking accountability has never helped the victims of a system. And that's simply true.
1: You're right. Well, let's talk about another system, the judicial system, because something that's gumming up the works here, even more than the Strontium 90, are the legal cases. Sorry, (laughs) I just had to try. Beautiful. uh, And it's just like, it's tough because... There are, there are these political goals to get this land ready, to make all that money you're talking about, and it seems like everybody is, is pushing towards those goals rather than the safety of the people because, I don't know, if that's just, is, that just a, is that just America? Is that what it is? They're pushing for the economics versus safety and health of humans that are the economic batteries for that system? <laughs>
2: I mean, also, there's the greater good argument. You know, nobody has ever accused humanity of being especially original. Like the the idea being that San Francisco does need more housing. It's it does. True, and and the it, and it is geographically bound by the water, right? So, what are you going to do? Are you going to build out massive fake islands like uh, certain Middle Eastern countries? Are you going to create barges and ship all the unhoused people off to live on a brig the way the United Kingdom just did recently? That's a true story. Uh, We could South
1: China see it. And like you said, like, and kind of what's happening in Dubai. Let's just build some islands, dude. Let's go, dude. Bro, let's build some (laughs) islands, dog.
2: (laughs) Let's build some islands, man. No strontium 90 this time, though, for real, Mm. though.
1: But you know what you have to do with those islands if you're going South China Sea? What's that? Uh, You got to put naval bases on them.
2: Tight. I think we just (laughs) got greenlit on the budget. Call JSOC. Anyway, so JSOC's not in charge of that part. So uh, that's, that's the thing. Can't comment when there's ongoing litigation. Yeah. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Almost every government official understands that. Again, when there is an ongoing court case, almost every present or former government official knows you should keep your mouth shut and let it play out in the courts. Seriously, like almost every single one, most of the presidents. But (laughs) research by multiple organizations appears to support some serious problems here, like court cases. Yeah, they can halt investigations. Arguably there's, sh- they should the, again, we're not being hateful. The Navy does have a leg to stand on when they say that. And there is precedent for that, but court cases do not halt biological consequences of exposure to evil, evil stuff. And when you look at claims about cancer clusters, infant mortality rates, what you find is, uh, oh, God, I want to shout out. I know we're going long. I want to shout out a specific thing, Matt, that you and I both read. Uh, San Francisco Gate did an excellent investigation in 2004 titled Too Young to Die. It's a multi-part investigation. Too Young to Die, Part One, Life's Toll. Now, that headline may sound hyperbolic, but we promise you that if you read the article, It is not. The rates of infant mortality in the Bayview, Hunters Point area were twice as high as the rest of the city of San Francisco, the entire thing. And they're some of the highest in the entire state of California, a hugely populated state. That's a tough competition. And they also corrected for various historical intervening variables in the 94124 zip code. There is literally no other way to explain the prevalence of these health problems without acknowledging the cover-up of, again, radium, cesium, and strontium. Or at least
1: a problem that nobody is admitting is as bad as it is, right? Even if if people aren't covering it up, not one person is covering it up, it's still not acknowledging how bad it is.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and now, as we said, this is an ongoing story. We do believe it's a genuine conspiracy. The land is slated to be turned over to the city in 2024. No longer the Navy's problem. And as of last year, uh, some settlements got decided in court. Uh, There was a class action lawsuit against two development entities uh Lenner Incorporated and 5 Point Holdings they weren't conducting the test again that's Tetra that was doing the testing uh but these two ent- entities Lennar and 5 Point were being held liable for 6.3 million dollars worth of damages because they sold people homes and lied about the contamination or they themselves were misled so Negligence, malevolence, your call.
1: And you can you can see statements from a guy named Joe Kochet, who's an attorney for the homeowners who were represented in that case. And the way he puts it, it's environmental racism. Uh, e- even if it's not that, it is terrible practices, right, uh, to sell somebody a home that you know is contaminated.
2: Yeah, man. Why would you? You know what I mean? I guess... I guess the dollar moves, you know, and the money moves. This conspiracy, uh, again, it's no secret. San Francisco needs land and needs places for people to live. And I found it interesting too. I know you saw this that as of twenty nineteen, San Francisco Police Department joined up on this. Well, not maybe not officially, but four hundred different former. SFPD officers filed their own class action lawsuit, and they said from working there and, and living there, working there, over the years, the, the officers and their families had contracted asthma, blood disorders, lung cancer, and they even they even alleged that the contamination of Hunter's Point led to the deaths of two officers, or at least greatly contributed to it. In short, if you look at any source other than the U.S. Navy, there was a cover up and the bill is coming due. And at this point, we have to ask folks, what do you think? I mean, again, you know, we we do always endeavor to be objective on this show. Uh, but Matt, as soon as you brought the story up, I know we both started digging And there's still so much more out there. We are giving you the broad strokes, folks. It appears that there is some sort of cover-up. The cases are slowly wending their way through the court system. But that public health clock is ticking. And again, it does not stop because there is ongoing litigation. Radiation and cancer, they don't care about the schedule of the courts. Uh, And it, it appears that the powers that be don't particularly care either. They really want these developments to go through. They really want that strip mall. They want those live, laugh, love, mixed-use developments.
1: Yeah, that they can charge way too much money for. (sighs) Um, I would just say everybody should go to sfbayview.com and do some reading there, do some research. That's a great place to get started. Really do check out the NBC Bay Bay Area coverage. They've been putting out some Pretty digestible video content on this for several years now. Um, and, you know, there's a lot that you can read on this if you want more information. The but the big question, Ben, that you're alluding to there is like, what do you do with a place like this? Do you rope it off and treat it like Chernobyl for a hundred years, two hundred years, and then check on it again? And be like, Man, maybe it's a little better now. <laughs> or, or what do we do if we need to use land that has been contaminated?
2: Unfortunately, that's going to be an increasingly pressing question, Matt. <laughs> that, that's alluding to some of our off-air conversations. Yeah,
3: I'm just going to shake it, it my is, head.
2: It is a, it is uh, the best question to end on here, folks, and we want to hear from you. What do you think? How would you answer the dilemma that that Matt has posed here? And uh, also. Do you have stories about similar cover-ups in your neck of the global woods? We would love to hear from you. You are, again, the best part of this show. We're grateful for your time. You can find us online, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Farmers Only, all the good ones, all the top-tier ones, uh, Twitter or X as well. You can find us there. And if you don't sip the social meads, then there's good news. There are several other ways you can contact us.
1: Oh, yes. Why not call one eight three three S 833 stdwytk That's our phone number. It's a voicemail system. You get three minutes when you call in. Give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your message, your voice, your name, all that good stuff on air. If you don't want to use your voice and your phone, why not instead? Send us a good old-fashioned email. We
2: are Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.